Jiminy Crickets. I'm the guy they call Little Mickey Mouse. Not a sweetie down in the chicken house. Neither fat nor skinny, she's the horses. Winnie is my little Minnie Mouse. When it's feeding time for the animals, and they howl and growl like the cannibals, I just turn my heel to the hen house deal, and you'll hear me sing this song. I have listened to the goo goo his and I've heard the roosters cock a doo doo With the cows and the chickens, they all sound like the dickens when I hear my little Minnie. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our special, unedited, second installment of my thoughts on the many different attractions and changes that have happened at Walt Disney World during my February 10-day excursion to Florida. Uh, Last time, if you missed it, you might want to go back and check it out. Ruthie and I talked about the um, Magic Kingdom from Main Street and basically all of the western half of the park. What we did not talk about last time, we'll finish up today, and we'll talk about Fantasyland and Tomorrowland, and um, I'll also talk about the parades, well, the parade, (laughs) there's only one (laughs) right now, and I did see the fireworks show, and then um, we want to talk about the... um, Uh, Magic Kingdom Resorts. I did go to all three that are on the monorail. And Ruthie recently did the same when she went in December. So we have a lot to mention about that as well. And if we have time, we'll get into Disney Springs, depending on how long we chat about everything else. And if not, we'll talk about Disney Springs in the next episode. I did go to Disney Springs, and it uh, was an interesting experience. And I very anxious to share it with our audience. So how are you doing, Ruthie? I'm doing great. I'm excited to hear more about your trip. Yes, so we left off at Liberty Square and the Haunted Mansion was kind of the last thing we talked about. There's one thing I forgot to mention about the Haunted Mansion and it kind of is something that I did mention in the previous episode, but I want to reiterate it. Um, it's kind of was really noticeable to me, especially because I'm so interested in theme park audio, Disney theme park audio specifically, that um, I noticed that a lot of the ambient sounds that used to be an integral part of the park have been either turned down so low volume you can't hear them. And when I say ambient sounds, I'm talking about pre-recorded ambient sounds, sound effects that add to the overall ambiance of the parks. And I always noticed this was especially true in the Magic Kingdom, even more so than in Disneyland. Disneyland sound effects that you hear seem to be more um, like you can hear the the Matterhorn Yeti like all over the park you always mm-hmm. hear the mark the twain roar. yeah the mark twain you can hear you hear the TikTok of small world mm-hmm. um but in disney world i always noticed that they had a lot of pre-recorded special ambient sounds for a few various attractions one of them being big thunder mountain and disneyland actually has this too um where you hear like the train whizzing by and a train whistle and chugga 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 kind of sound effects in the general vicinity of 
Big Thunder Mountain, I couldn't hear any of that. Um, I did hear explosions and things because of the new interactive queue where they have like where you can set off the TNT and geysers and things. So I could hear that, but I didn't hear that really special and magical sound of the train whistle whizzing by. You know what I'm talking about, Ruth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't hear that at all, which just seemed very like something was missing. Yeah. And I already mentioned in our last episode how I could not hear the Swiskapoka as I was passing uh, the treehouse. And even when I was in the treehouse and in the room where supposedly the organ is and that's where it's coming from, I could barely, and you said you noticed this too, I could barely even hear it in that room. Right. And it sounded kind of muffled, and the sound was just really bad quality. I don't know what that was all about. And then, again, like, um, when passing Pirates of the Caribbean, you used to always hear, like, every once in a while you'd hear a cannon blast. Mm -hmm. Never heard that. In fact, the area music in that section was really, really low. In fact, all of Adventureland, the area music was really hard to hear. Yeah. <clears throat> I also kind of miss how both Pirates and Tiki Room had Barker Birds. Mm -hmm. Remember how Disneyland ha used to have the Barker Bird in front of Tiki Room? Yeah. Well, Pirates and Tiki Room used to have Barker Birds, and both of them have since been removed. So that kind of... I knew that already, but, I mean, that kind of added more sound to the area when you would hear that stuff mm -hmm. going on. So even more sound gone. I mean, but I could hear all around Adventureland the the... Aladdin's flying carpet safety instructions by <laughs> delivered by Aladdin. Who did his voice? Same it was the actual person who did his voice in the in the movie would read was doing safety instructions like every five minutes you'd hear that's all I could hear in Adventureland basically mm -hmm. was the safety instructions for I mean, I feel that the flying carpets is a big intrusion in many ways right. in Adventureland. But carrying it back to what we started with, the Haunted Mansion, there used to be those sound... You know the howling wolf that you hear in the graveyard scene? Yeah. You In Disney World, they used to play that howling wolf sound every like couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And you would hear it coming from the Haunted Mansion, and you could hear it all over Liberty Square and as you pass by on the riverboat and everything. So that was missing, too. Yeah. And then, I mean, this couldn't be helped, but the fact that the um, Liberty Bell riverboat was uh, being refurbished, again, the sound of the bells and the whistles of the steamboat were missing because the boat wasn't operating so i mean i just really noticed a lack of those magical sounds that you hear um one place i noticed the, ma the magical sounds which was something new was in fantasy land around the um seven dwarfs mine train you could hear special like 
the you know the pickaxes mm, mm-hmm. and stuff around that area. So like maybe because it's a new attraction, they're still playing the audio, the sound effects around it. Right. Um, but I mean, I just was really, really kind of not happy. And and the other thing is, the carousel was under refurbishment, but it, you could still ride it. So getting to our next land now, we'll, we'll talk about Fantasyland. Here we are. So was the carousel being refurbished when you were there? No. Okay, so... The entire carousel was covered in, um, like, a, like, it's hard to explain. There was a wall around the whole carousel, but there were little spaces between, so when you were riding it, you could still see outside of the wall. So it was like little columns all around it, but it was completely covered, and you couldn't see the actual carousel. So right when you walk into Fantasyland, like, the carousel is, like, completely looks terrible. That's crazy. So, yeah. What were they refurbishing? I guess they were painting it, or oh. I don't know. Who who knows? But the entire time I was there, it w- I wrote it once, too. But um, the whole thing was completely surrounded by, like, these tarps and walls and all these things. So, like, really, like because it's right there in the center of Fantasyland. It really kind of was put a bummer on the whole look of everything. Right. Um, but I think another problem is because it was surrounded by all this, you couldn't hear the very sounds. well yeah. the carousel. Um, when I wrote it, I noticed that it was really low volume too. So the fact that they're not playing the volume very loud, uh, plus it's all boxed in, I mean, you couldn't hear carousel at all unless you were right in it Mm -hmm. and you know that always adds a special magic sound effect too when you're in the castle courtyard and you hear the carousel so that was a little bit of a bummer too as far as sound effects um carousel is you know the carousel I enjoyed it I mean I wrote it but it wasn't the same because you could hardly see outside of the carousel because Usually, what I think of the carousel is Fantasyland's people mover, mm-hmm. because yeah. when you ride it, you kind of get you go around in the very center of Fantasyland, and you kind of get an overview of the whole land. But it was hard to do that because of how it was being refurbished and everything. Um, so, castle, beautiful as always, and what I love about. Um, the, the thing I love the most about um, Disney World's castle versus Disneyland's is the color scheme, is the original color scheme. Mm-hmm. It's They're not trying to make it pink and crazy colors and shiny shingles. And yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just the basic castle is... You know, they added a little bit to the stage area because they do a little bit more stuff there than they used to. But uh, that looks actually very nice how they designed all that. That None of that was there the last time I went. The stage in front of the castle was just completely empty unless there was a show going on on the stage. Hmm. But now they have like little arches and fancy things. Um, you know, the castle, what can I say? It's gorgeous. It one is. thing, one thing that I, I 
kind of didn't like is they put up this wooden wall on one side as you walk through it. I guess it's like the new waiting area for Cinderella's Golden Table or whatever they the, the restaurant. It used to be called King Stephen's Banquet Hall. But now they have like this wall so it's like you can only see one side of the murals. Mm-hmm. You can't see the other side so and, and maybe the wall is there because of all the live stuff they do so that's where the characters hang out after the show that's how they make their exit is in that right. area mm-hmm. but there's there's a wall there that didn't used to be there and it was mm-hmm. it kind of did you notice that it yeah kinda, it kind of like uh it's not the best i actually for the this was the first time on my trip that i actually went and walked through the castle because mm-hmm. the other time that I, other times that i've been to magic kingdom we were we just walked around the castle yeah right so it's kind of weird too because Disneyland you just walk straight in, but right. at Disney World you have to go around either one side or the other. Right. The stage is in the middle. Right. And before when I went there, I didn't even realize you could walk through it. Yeah, it's kind of laid out different. And if you're a Disneyland person, it's a little confusing. Right. Because it's exactly. completely different. Yeah. So, castle, gorgeous, love. I always loved the the um, courtyard area in Walt Disney World. I think that's my favorite part of Fantasyland. Before, like the area in front of, behind the castle, but before you get to the carousel where they have the shops and everything. That's mm-hmm. a really pretty area. I loved. Uh, they put all the the um, what do you call? Magic beanstalk embellishments around one of those shops that wasn't there before. And then I went inside that shop, and they actually have Willie the Giant. You can see his hand, and he's trying to peek through the roof. And they have, like, (laughs) Mickey and the Beanstalk stuff in there, decorations in the little gift shop. That was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not go inside the, um, what do you call, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boutique. I didn't want to look like a stalker or a (laughs) weirdo. Um, and it's really something I'm not supportive of. I don't like the whole... I mean, I like the princesses, but I think it's gotten a little too commercialized and too um, expensive and something for wealthy people to spoil their children with, so I'm not a big fan of the bibbidi bobbity boutique thing on a yeah. kind of a... a, a I don't know. I just think it's a little overpriced and a little too spoiling for kids. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just right. not a fan of that thing. That yeah, bad. I think the girls come out of there looking kind of like they're going to be in a pageant. Yeah, that's another thing that's a little disturbing. Right. I don't like that whole pageant culture either. Right. I just find it creepy. That's just me. I'm yeah. sure there's there's people listening that are totally offended by me saying that, that <laughs> love the whole pageant thing, and that's fine. Uh, I'm not judging you. I just, that's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the um, uh, Mickey's um, Philhar Magic I saw, I had not ever seen it before. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I... It was just really great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I love how they decorated the theater, too, because they completely 
made it look like a concert hall, like mm-hmm. even in the waiting area. That was always that theater was always there. But the last time I went there, it was a Lion King puppet type show, and it looked the it was completely decorated differently. I mean, it looked totally mm-hmm. different. And I was just like really impressed with uh, how they decorated the whole theater, the the waiting area, the the holding area before you go into the theater was really nice, and it was just really cute and fun, and I and I really enjoyed it. And I wish they would bring that to Disneyland, mm-hmm. like it would fit really nicely in Mickey's Toontown. Oh yeah, somewhere. it would. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, that was really cute, and I enjoyed that. I only did that once. I wanted to go do it again, but I just never seemed to be in the area when I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did attempt to see the Princess Fairytale Hall. Again, I was a little like, should I do this? A 40-year-old <laughs> guy by himself. It's kind of creepy. But I did want to see, I didn't want to actually meet the princess, I, but I did want to see because I've seen pictures and heard a lot about the queue area. So I asked the cast member if I could just go in and wait in the line and then do I have to like meet the princess? Can I just like exit at that point? And she said, oh yeah, there's a, you can just leave. You don't have mm-hmm. to stay for that. So the wait was only 20 minutes, but I had... Um, a prior commitment, not a fast pass. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. But I had something else that I had to do first that I had a specific time for, an appointment, if you will. So I couldn't, like, do it right then. So it was only a 20-minute wait. Like, one of the princesses was, like, a 45-minute, and then the less popular one was, like, a 20-minute. So I figured 20 minutes just to look at the queue and everything. That's fine. There's no fast pass for that, so... I wouldn't be like stuck in one spot forever, you know. So I did come back after my appointment and then um, the line had gone up to like 45 minutes for the shorter line. So I decided not to bother with it. I didn't feel like waiting in a line just to wait in the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I didn't get to see that. Um. Let's go over to the the west side of Fantasyland. I um, went on Peter Pan twice. First time I waited in the standby queue. And um, it was like really like only like 10 minutes after the park had opened. And it was already an 80, it said an 80 minute wait. It wasn't 80 wow. minutes. It was like more like maybe just under an hour. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I did it. It was the very first attraction I went on at the Magic Kingdom. The very first day I went to the kingdom, the very first attraction I went on was Peter Pan. And um, I'm glad I waited in the queue because they have a new interactive queue that you cannot see if you go through the fast pass. You don't even, there's no way to see it at all unless you do the standby. And it was absolutely adorable and magical. You go in and it looks like you're seeing, you're in the nursery of the darling children. And having recently done our Peter Pan episode and kind of analyzed all that stuff recently, it was really interesting 
to see that because they really they really used the movie for reference like it looked like I was in the nursery from the movie and they had all these little touches like they had the little sword the little wooden sword that Michael used mm. during his little battle play mm -hmm. with with Michael John and Michael and then um what was really cute you know how we talked about how in the original play Tinkerbell was a light yeah they did that in this in this room hmm. they had a light going all around the room and going into boxes and making different things move and she would just like this light would f go all over the room and perform little magical things all over the nursery and then there was this thing where they had shadows on the wall of bells and you could actually you you could make your shadow touch the bells and make them ring oh that's which cool. was really interesting so the only downside is that this the queue was moving at such a slow pace that um i spent about 30 minutes in this little nursery room <laughs> and um yeah the line moved really slow and this is also my first introduction to exactly what fast pass is and how it affects the regular line i mean i knew about fast pass naturally but seeing is believing you don't really put the math together until you see how it it works in the real world scenario of it you know what i mean yeah so it was like we're not a fan and i've I'm, I'm, i mentioned that on our main show if you want to hear all about my dislike for fast pass you can go check that out episode 90 so i guess you know what the next attraction i went on was it's a small <laughs> world yes <laughs> so standby was not too bad for that it was about 20 minutes so still again if there wasn't fast pass that standby probably would have been eight minutes i don't understand <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can load this ride a lot quicker than they do. Yeah, and it's all because of the fast pass. Yeah. So anyway, I first of all, the whole clock that is kind of a replica of the Disneyland clock that they put in the indoor queue area, that was not there the last time I went. So that was new. Mm -hmm. And I was a little disappointed in it because it was so much smaller than the Disneyland version. And it was off center and you didn't hear the click, the tick tock, tick tock. Right. Yep. When, when the clock went off every 15 minutes, you didn't hear like the cogs and gears mm -hmm. and all that. Right, like a little warning that you know it's going to open up and things like that. Yeah. And you, and they didn't have the parade of the toys around mm -hmm. the base like at Disneyland. So it was basically the poor man's version of it and not very impressive, I must say. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, I mean, I guess it looks better than what was there before. Right. But still, <laughs> it's just like not anything to compare to Disneyland. No. The other thing is I they used to have like little fountains in the in the water in the mm -hmm. queue area but because of the fact that <coughs> the um the the new fa facade or whatever the queue design takes up so much space they took out those fountains so that was a little disappointing because mm -hmm. those fountains also added 
kind of a sound to that room because you mm, could, cause right. it was kind of echoey in there and you could hear that water running. Mm-hmm. So that was gone. So, I mean, like, again, sound is right. missing from my experience. So, anyway, I mean, you know, everyone knows that this is my favorite. So, I mean, I can't. I mean, it hasn't really changed at all since the, since the last time I wrote it which is just fine by me. They didn't add the Disney characters like they did in Disneyland. I really wasn't sure whether or not they had or not. So right. I was kind of glad that they didn't, actually. Mm-hmm. But one critique I have, and this is true of a lot of the, the boat rides with the flooded rooms, including Pirates of the Caribbean. And tell me if you noticed this. It seems like the water levels were too low. Mm. Because I could see the guide rails on the sides of the boats Hmm. because normally they're supposed to fill the water above that so you can't see them so it just looks like water but in both pirates um navi river journey i noticed it um the three caballeros in epcot and small world i could see those railings and i could see it in splash mountain too Hmm. Uh oh, they're after me. <laughs> Again, hide, normally, hide, quick. <laughs> normally we edit out the um, fire alarms and ambulances, but because this is unedited. Um, so anyway, the um, that was kind of a bummer because you could see that metal railing all through the attraction. It kind of, I don't know. I notice these things more, I guess, than other people because I. I've been on these attractions so many times that I look for things that I had not noticed before. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was really distracting. Yeah. And I don't know what the reason for that was, but it was on nearly every boat ride. I think it was also on the, the Living with the Land, I noticed it. Hmm. I mean, every boat ride, indoor boat ride, I noticed it. I don't know if, there's, if, there, if, if, if it's a cost-cutting measure. I don't mm-hmm. know. Hmm. I don't know, but I thought it looked really bad. Um, there was uh, the flying carpets when you first went into the Asia room wasn't running, so that kind of was a bummer. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, those things happen. But yeah. I mean, it was like that the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. The whole 10 days, every time I went on it. And I went on Small World five times, of course. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, I noticed it every time, so... I mean, maybe it's something that requires, like, they can't just, like, it's not an easy fix. They have to, like, shut the ride down or right. something to fix it. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I always preferred the Disney World version over the Disneyland version as far as once you get into the ride. Um, just because of the flooded rooms. So, that was disappointing that the flooded rooms, you could see the seat, like, the, the magic trick had been revealed Right. On how the boats are guided, so that was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And on Pirates, too, I mean, come on. That's terrible. You shouldn't be able to see that. Right. Especially because it's dark in there. Yeah. So they even have more, you know, cover in Pirates. Yeah. But I could totally see it through the whole attraction. Hmm. Anyway, the, um, I mean, one thing that was cool at the end of Small World, because I had a magic band... They had these little screens in the, in the last little 
hallway that you before you go back to the loading area and it had my name on there every time I wrote it, it said bonjour Chris or <laughs> or welcome you know whatever in different languages mm-hmm. and they always had like a little toy male toy representing me it was mm-hmm. like each time it was different <laughs> but it always <laughs> said my name so that was kind of neat mm-hmm. so unlike mickey who didn't say my name i could get <laughs> to see my name in small world um that's a pretty so, close second you gotta you gotta say mm, to mickey I, you know like a, i would have rather had mickey say my name yeah but anyway so all right so let's talk about winnie the pooh the last time i went to disney world that was still Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I mean, wow. that's how long it's been since I've been wow. to Disney, the Magic <laughs> Kingdom. So, I really, really enjoyed the attraction a lot. And I went on it several times, and it was um, really well done. I hear that that version is better. You've done both, right? Disneyland and Disney World? I actually haven't done it at Disney World. I've only done it oh. at Disneyland. So what I've heard is that that attraction is better at Disney World than Disneyland. Hmm. So, but I thought it was really good. I thought it was cute when you went into the Tigger room that the vehicle that you're in bounced. Hmm. And I just thought it was really well done. And it was really true to the movies from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was kind of telling the, the blustery day story. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. However, the exterior of the building to me looked really ugly and it was mm-hmm. very disappointing. They need to do something about that. It looks really, really bad from the outside. I know they did some enhancements to it, re- you know, in more right. recent times. It used to just be the same exterior as Mr. Toad, but they just changed the sign to say Winnie the Pooh. And then they changed it to make kind of an interactive queue. To me, the interactive queue was really, really terrible. <laughs> they had like this thing that you slide these bees around on this, these little metal things. You know those little things that you see in the doctor's offices mm-hmm. yeah. where you slide the things around? I mean, why is that in the queue of <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? I mean, Because only so, little kids are going to ride the ride? And it made I don't know. So, it made so much noise. And then they had this little rabbit's garden area, and it was just really tacky looking to me. Hmm. Um, and then they had these panels that you rubbed your hands on and, like, made the honey move and like if you moved it you could see a character under it it was all like an electronic thing but that to me was the nastiest why would you (laughs) want to put your hands on something where like thousands of people have been touching it I thought that was disgusting I would never touch that (laughs) I mean people were rubbing their hands all over this oh yeah it was nobody's business But once I got on the attraction, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was terrific. Um, So let's talk about Dumbo's, the the circus area. Um, Didn't like it. Yeah. I I thought it was was lacking 
a lot of details that you would expect from Disney. I thought the Casey Jr. soak and station or whatever it is was really cheesy. Mm -hmm. um, another thing was really difficult to get around that area in my scooter because there were a lot of like levels with stairs mm -hmm. and I had to like turn around and like I thought I was gonna like I went up the ramp and then I was just kind of looking around and then there was no way out so I had to go back the same way I came in and um, I felt like the music you could barely hear the music again right um, and I mean there's so much you could do with a circus theme, and I feel like they really didn't... They need to amp it up a bit. It just didn't feel like a circus to me. It just felt very... Just thrown together, and... Yeah. I wasn't impressed at all. I liked the new train station mm -hmm. for Fantasyland. I, the last time I went there, just, you know, that was still Mickey's Toontown Fair. And it had Mickey's house. And it was kind of like the low-budget version of Toontown and Disneyland. Um, it, uh, the Great Goofini, I did ride that once. Um, the Barnstormer? Yeah, now it's called the Great Goofini. It used to be called the Barnstormer when it was Mickey's Toontown Fair. Mm. Um, it's the exact same attraction. They just, like, dressed it up to look more like a circus theme. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Gadget's Go Coaster in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just not, there's not much to it. It's very short. And, um, I went on it, like, really early. Like, I had just done Seven Dwarfs, and I ran over there and did that. Well, I scooted, scootered over <laughs> there and did that. Uh, because I wanted to ride it once, but I know that the line is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now it has Fast Pass, and... It's like a one-minute ride, you know, so right. I would never... So I basically just waited like five minutes because people don't realize they need to get to that early if they want to ride it because it's not like a heavy hitter. It's not like one of the... It's kind of a sleeper, mm -hmm. and people don't really understand that it can get a crazy line. So I knew that if I did it early, that the crowds wouldn't have gathered yet. Right. Most people don't realize. So... I didn't have to wait long for that, so that's good. And it's cute, but I mean, it's not. It's just kind of a run-of-the-mill, right? Mouse track, you know, yeah. Like mouse coaster with just kind of some Disney theming. It's mm -hmm. not really that great theming, but it was okay. Yeah, if you um, miss it, it's not like you're gonna be no. bummed forever. No, but I wanted to kind of say that I wrote everything. Yeah. Just, just so for the pod, mainly for the podcast, so I can discuss everything mm -hmm. um i mean there's like the princess fairy tale hall is an exception but i mean that's not really an attraction anyway but <clears throat> anyway so uh the one thing that i was impressed by and i did enjoy was dumbo i rode dumbo mainly because i wanted to see the new indoor play area that they put you in while you're waiting for the attraction and I thought it was brilliant I thought they the theming in there was brilliant mm -hmm. that was what the rest of that land that mini land should have been like is what you see inside the Dumbo waiting area and what's really nice about it is you, you're not in a line you're waiting but you're not in the line you're in an air-conditioned 
room with lots of terrific theming. I mean, you, it's not really anything for adults to do, but it's fun to watch the little kids have fun. Mm -hmm. They have like a little Dumbo flying around at the top. It looks like a little you're inside a circus. The theming is really amazing in there. They did a really great job on it, and it really feels like you're stepping into the movie Dumbo. And then the fact they have two Dumbos, the capacity has been doubled, and it's they basically when you go in there, they they give you a ticket, and then it's like a red ticket or a blue t a red A a blue B, and they say, okay everybody, if you have a red ticket with the letter A A for acrobat, <laughs> it's your turn to come and ride the ride. So you're basically waiting in there for your turn. And then you just walk right on to the attraction. And I remember how long the queue was for Dumbo back in the day and how hot it was. There's no covering. It was terrible and so popular with kids. That line used to be ridiculous because mm -hmm. every little kid has to ride that. And it's kind of a rite of passage because parents remember riding it when they were kids, so they want to ride it with their kids, so it's just kind of a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, really impressed with, with that. That was brilliant, how yeah. they did all that. So, that was the one thing that I did like about Dumbo Circus. Or whatever it's called. Big Top Circus, or whatever. So, um... Let's talk about the new Fantasyland editions. Uh, the Little Mermaid. Well, first of all, the layout of the new Fantasyland is very confusing. Yeah. It's not very, it's like you've got that seven dwarfs and then you've got like an alleyway behind it mm -hmm. where the Little Mermaid, like if I was, I had trouble finding the Little Mermaid. I wasn't sure how to get to it. I didn't know that you could go behind the seven dwarfs. It was just really confusing. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of those uh, castle turrets they kind of just added in the middle of Fantasyland mm -hmm. where the new Fantasyland starts and the old Fantasyland ends. Yeah. I just thought those looked out of place mm -hmm. and they weren't necessary and I just didn't really care for that. Um, Anyway, the Little Mermaid, the queue area was absolutely fantastic. The attraction, I loved the attraction. Went on it several times. Um, one of my favorites from this trip. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. Especially the under the sea room. Mm -hmm. That was really, really neat. My um, first time I went on it, my the vehicle stopped for like five minutes and I was like, kind of bummed because it stopped like right after the Ursula scene. Like if it had stopped like five seconds earlier I could have watched the Ursula like for like five minutes mm -hmm. which I would have loved to have been able right. to do. Right. But instead it was like in this like dead area with nothing to see. So I had to sit there and wait for five minutes for them to start up the attraction again. Um, I mean I knew how the attraction ends already and I knew it was kind of a bummer. How it just kind of ends abruptly, um, and they don't really give you the full story at the end. But I mean, aside from that, I really enjoyed it. That was really well done. 
um, and the queue area, which I is a lot more impressive than the Disneyland version. I had not seen it at Disneyland either. I just know this from pictures and video. But the queue area is just, it's like walking into the movie again. It's really, really, mm -hmm. really fun and beautiful, well-designed. And then um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I, did, I rode it twice. The first time I got to the park at Rope Drop, and I wanted to see the castle opening ceremony. So I was forewarned that unless I get in the area where the, the walkway between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland, that I would not be one of the first ones on Seven Dwarfs, but I had no idea what that meant. And I really wanted to see the castle grand, you know, the opening show, which was really cute. Um, I enjoyed that. But by the time I got to, and I'm talking, I was the front of the line at the castle, like one, one pathway over from the Tomorrowland, where the pathway that leads up to the teacups, you know. I was one pathway away from that. And instead of getting right on the line, like I was literally there two minutes after the attraction opened. It was a 45 minute wait already. <laughs> yeah, that ride is crazy. So the second time I rode it, again, I did rope drop a second time. And this time I waited at the tomorrow, you know, at the, at the teacup pathway. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the first on it. And I only waited about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that was better. But um, one critique I have is the bar, the, the, um, the safety bar. Mm-hmm. I'm a heavy guy and I have very wide legs and I almost thought that I wasn't going to be able to ride it because hmm. the bar was so tight around my legs. I mean, it was painfully tight. I mean, it was so tight that I barely fit in it. I mean, if wow. I had one more inch on my legs, I would not have been able to ride it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why they did that because there seemed to be plenty of space between each bar. They could have made the bars a little tiny bit wider. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. It seemed huh. really strange. Yeah, that does seem strange. I did enjoy the attraction. I thought it was way too short. Um, it was nice to go in the Dwarf's Mine and all that. Not a fan of the projected faces on the animatronics. Um, you said you had a problem with that too, right? Yeah, not as much in this ride, but um, more definitely more in Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that on another show. But, right. Um, there's just this odd glow. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a projection. It doesn't look real, and it's just really distracting. And it's almost like they're... I don't know. They have a similar effect in the Haunted Mansion, which is kind of the, the, the original version of this, but it's it's on, they're supposed to be ghosts, so it's okay that they're glowing. Right, right. But yeah. with this, it's like, why are their faces glowing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, just... I would have been fine with just audio animatronics. I don't need their mouth to move just yeah. because they're playing the song, like, hi-ho. Yeah. I would have been fine with that. 
But I mean, they do have the technology to to do like facial characteristics, right? Really realistically, so they're just making cutting corners by doing that. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's not. It's, it's not impressive, right? Um, I liked the little scene at the end with the witch. Both times I wrote it, I was in the front, so I got to kind of look at the witch for a minute. Um, the um, attraction overall is just not anything except for a roller coaster, and it's basically Big Thunder Mountain light. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know why they needed another clone of the same thing. I mean, at least maybe if they had added more theming to it, mm-hmm. in, except for those two spots that have the theming. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the areas that had the theming, but the rest of it was just like, and what does this have to do with Snow White at all? Right. There's nothing like that happening in the movie. It's like, it's just like, where did they make this connection to make it a roller coaster? I don't know. Also, the queue area was really nice, but there was this one thing where you like, it was like a, like a, computer thing mm-hmm. yeah. where you put that was really distracting and to me took me out of the theme mm-hmm. because it's like modern technology with like this you know this German cottage aesthetic it's like it doesn't go like yeah. why are you putting computers in here <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that okay so what haven't I talked about Oh, I went on the teacups once. Exactly the same. The music was turned down very low. I mean, I don't know what that's all about. That's another one where you should be able to walk by and hear the music. Exactly. You couldn't at all. All I could hear is the cars, the, uh, you know, the the Grand Prix cars Mm -hmm. or whatever, the the Mm -hmm. Speedway used to be called Grand Prix. Um, That's all I could hear in the whole area. One area they played the music nice and loud was the Small World Peter Pan area with the, um, they played like the polka music. Mm-hmm. That was played nice and loud. That was right, probably the only part of Fantasyland that I could like hear the music. And then also the Tangled Bathrooms, I could hear the music. Yeah. I used the Tangled Bathroom. <laughs> and uh, I mean... It's a bathroom. I wasn't right. that impressed. Everyone's like, oh, they're the best bathrooms. I was just like, <laughs> it's a bathroom. Who cares? It, it's, yeah, it's a themed bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really that into it. Um, I ate at Pinocchio's Village House once. The line was horrific. It was so crowded. Um, I had pasta. I mean, they used to serve hamburgers and french fries there, but now they've done it they change it to an italian theme which is more appropriate because pinocchio even though all the buildings look german or swiss or whatever it actually does take place in italy so um northern italy yeah so that uh restaurant is always beautiful i enjoy it but every seat inside was taken and the other thing is they don't let you go to the second floor it used to be able to, to eat on the second floor, but it was all closed, and it was so crowded, I don't know why they closed hmm. the second floor. Hmm. So anyway, um, 
There's also the coveted small world windows that oh, you yeah. could never, I mean, I don't even think about sitting there. Basically, you have to wait for your turn to mm -hmm. eat there. Right. It's like the most coveted place to eat in all of Disney, I mean, in all of Magic Kingdom. <coughs> so, I mentioned that I had an appointment. I went to the Beauty and the Beast um, restaurant, and I didn't have a, a reservation, and I thought I would just ask a cast member if I could just go in and look around and for five minutes and come back out again. It turned out to be this huge ordeal. Like, they don't <laughs> let people do that. I've heard of other people being allowed to do it on different podcasts that I've listened to, so it came as a surprise that, she, that the guy was like, you can't do that. And then I explained to him that I have a podcast and I want to be able to tell my listeners what my impressions were of it. And um, so he called his manager and they made an exception for me and they actually told me to come back at a specific time. They actually wrote out a slip for me and gave it to me, kind of like a fast pass. Just come back at 11.15 and um, because they're transitioning from dinner uh, from breakfast to lunch at that time mm -hmm. they have like a little leeway where it's less crowded so that was like a good time for me to come back and they actually not only let me go in but they gave me a guided tour a cast member brought me through and pointed out all the details hmm. and brought me into each room and showed me everything and I was very very impressed with that place it was absolutely gorgeous just like stepping into the movie, um, absolutely beautiful, the snow falling. Mm -hmm. They took me into the Rose Room, and I got to see, you know, the lightning flash and the beast transition into the prince and mm -hmm. the petals falling from the rose. Every time a petal falls from the rose, that's when the lightning flashes and the prince. And they timed it perfectly, because it only happens every few minutes, so... I might not have gotten to see it, but as soon as I went in, it happened. So. Oh, that's cool. And then there's this another really pretty room that has a giant music box. Mm -hmm. And and then there, they brought me into every room and just basically showed me everything. And it was really nice of them to make that exception for me. And they went above and beyond. And I just have to give them a shout out. It's typical Disney cast member behavior that... I really had very positive interactions for the most part with the cast. Um, I went into the, did you see the, the story tale adventure? The Belle story time with Belle? Yes. No. Oh, you missed out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did that. It was very little weight. And the first room you go into is Maurice's workshop and there's a mirror and the mirror grows and then vanishes and you walk through the mirror into um, this room where the wardrobe from the movie, Joanne Worley, mm -hmm. she's in there um, and does a little pre-show and they hand out props for people to participate in the story that's gonna happen in the next room. But this is why I'm saying Disney has the technology 
The technology exists to do faces perfect. I was so impressed by that wardrobe animatronic because it was not a projection. Her eyes were projected, but everything else was a real mechanical thing. But it, the movement on it, it was kind of like Ursula in in the in the um, Little Mermaid. The, mm-hmm. Just the movements of the face is just reached a level of uh, of sophistication it looks so realistic hmm. that's why it's disappointing that they didn't do that with the dwarfs they could have really done something special if they had done the fit, it, real faces on the dwarfs yeah i don't mind the eyes being projected because eyes always have like a shine to them anyway right. so that's not distracting so that animatronic was really really impressive of the wardrobe then you go into a third room and it looks like the, a big library mm-hmm. and and Belle comes out in her big yellow ball gown and tells kind of a, a very abridged version of the Beauty and the Beast story. Huh. Um, and Lumiere, the candle, is an animatronic on the mantle of the fireplace and he's very cool mm-hmm. and looks very realistic. And he has like those flickering... Um, the special flickering lights that look like real fire, but they're not. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, he looks like his his candles are lit. And um, after the story, they invite people to come up and um, take pictures and have autographs. And they don't let you leave at that point. You have to kind of sit there and wait for everybody to get their pictures done. I didn't had mine done I just watched everyone else I didn't feel like going up and having my picture with Belle uh, with all the little girls there and whatnot but I thought it was really cute I enjoyed it I'm glad I got to see that I recommend that you try to see that the next time you go Ruth okay um so I ate I went into Gaston's tavern and I got LeFou's brew and it was delicious I loved it so good. It had like an, an apple flavor to it, but it kind of like a cream apple. It's hard. It's like, it's almost like a creamsicle, but apple flavor. Hmm. Kind of had a vanilla, little bit of cinnamon, and apple. Mm-hmm. And it was really delicious. Um, really was impressed with the whole Gaston area. Very wealthy. Um... So did I leave anything out? I think that's all of Fantasyland. Yeah, I think that. I think you got everything. Okay, so we'll talk about Tomorrowland. So Tomorrowland hasn't changed much aesthetically since the last time I went, but some things have been taken out. Like they used to have an amphitheater where they did live shows. Mm-hmm. They took that out for some reason. Where was that located? Where Buzz Lightyear's little oh, okay. meet area is, that used to be open, and there was a big amphitheater in there. Hmm. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Stitch was closed, of course. Uh, they did have the meet and greet, but I didn't go in there. I didn't bother with it. Um, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I didn't see it this time, but I've seen it before. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was cute. really impressed by that. Yeah, the theming was really nice, and it looked like a nightclub inside the room. And mm-hmm. 
It's funny because I remember that being the Circle Vision Theater, and it still is a round room. It's the same room where they showed the, but they did a really good job of retheming it. And I was just so impressed with how they get the animated characters to interact live with the audience. Yeah. I just find that to be really special. And I thought that how you can text a joke. Yeah. And they read it during the show. That was pretty impressive, too. Yeah. And I forget the name of the character's name, like the kind of slug-looking secretary woman with the horn oh, glasses. Oh, Roz. Roz. Oh, yeah, Roz. Hysterical. <laughs> she made me laugh. I love her. Yeah. And then they kind of had like this um, one guy that they kept picking on mm -hmm. throughout the whole show. Like every time they said, like... That's something for stupid people like this guy. And they would show him on the screen. Like they would show people in the audience. They would, they had cameras on people and they'd show their picture on the, you know, on the, on the screen in front of you and mm -hmm. make fun of them and stuff. It was really cute. Yeah. It's really interactive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I can see how that is like, maybe not something you can do more than once. I mean, because it's probably got some change to it each time, but I bet a lot of it is the same, so it's kind of like, it spoils the magic if you see it more than once. Yeah. Because you know what isn't live and what is live, and so I only did that once. Yeah. Um, Buzz Lightyear, I had not been on this before at either Disneyland or World, and I thought it was really cute. I enjoyed it. The first time I went in it, I was playing the game. And I kind of realized when the ride was over, I didn't get to see anything because <laughs> I was too busy trying to aim at the targets. Right. So the second time I went on it, I didn't even bother. I just like rode it like it was a regular dark ride and didn't try to shoot at the targets at all. I got a score of zero. <laughs> so I just like looked at the different scenery and stuff and I thought it was really cute. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Again, they had that projected face on Buzz Lightyear that looked really bizarre. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Uh, People Mover, I only rode twice, but I would have ridden it over and over again, but it always had a line mm. because they don't load it very yeah. well. It's ridiculous. Like, I'd see completely empty trains going by. Why aren't they, like... If, it, if there's a line, why aren't they loading it to capacity? The people mover should never have a line. I agree. That is so efficient. And that didn't even have fast pass, but there was still a line. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a long line, but it was long enough where I was just like, do I really want to wait in a line for the people mover? Right. I did ride it twice, though. And I enjoyed it, as always. Yeah. Um... So, Carousel of Progress, I mean, that was amazing, as always, to mm -hmm. see that. Um, I mean, I prefer the original soundtrack, but this is, you know, still close enough that it's still magical to what the original was. Um, I always kind of took away from my recollection, what's the word? Recollection. Recollection of what I remembered from it that the the final room was really corny and like my thinking on it was it probably is even more corny now that it's like 
almost 30 years ago that they redid that room. Right. 25 years ago. So it's like I wasn't expecting much from the final room, but actually I think it's aged over time. I think it's less corny now that it's not... I don't know. It just seems like I actually didn't find it to be corny as much Mm -hmm. as I originally did. I mean, still... When the grandmother says, you nincompoop, <laughs> it's kind of like, whoa, that's way, that's over the top. Uh, but that's what a grandma would say. I have never met anybody that says the word nincompoop, no matter <laughs> what age in my I entire life. I think my life. mom would say something similar to that, so that's why, that's where I'm coming from with that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I did it three times. There was never a wait. For it, that's one of the only attractions in all of the Magic Kingdom that there was never a wait. Yeah. Um. So, Space Mountain, I did twice. Um. They have a thing with Space Mountain if you're in a chair that the queue area cannot accommodate it. So they basically give you a fast pass to come back based on the wait time, the current wait time. So if it's an hour wait, they give you a fast pass to come back in an hour and then you can just enter through. You, you basically just get to go in the um, fast pass line mm-hmm. instead of the regular line. Mm. So I was able to basically ride Space Mountain twice without waiting in line because I could just go do other things while I was waiting for my ticket for Space Mountain to come up right so that was nice um i oh i kind of remembered the disneyland version being a little bit more intense than the disney world but now having recently maybe it's just because it's been so long since i rode a roller coaster Mm -hmm. i really felt like the disney world version was pretty intense itself yeah um of course they don't have the onboard audio which is not as nice right like I feel like the part before you start on the actual roller coaster is better at Disney World because you go up that ramp where you see the astronauts and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more themed. Right. Um, But uh, once you're inside, I think they haven't really updated the um, attraction in a very long time. I don't think since the last time I wrote it, it's been updated. But I do think the Disneyland version has been updated and like the projections are a little bit more impressive and a little bit more, you know, modern technology. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's still pretty exciting attraction. It is. And I always enjoy the the ramp when you leave because they have little scenes you can look at. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always fun. So, um, I went on the, um, Tomorrowland Speedway, and what was really annoying about it is I went on it early because I know that there's always a long line. They have four loading. They have four, basically there's four tracks that are all, um, parallel to each other, and so, ideally they could load all four tracks and then the line would be shorter, right? Mm -hmm. But when I went on it, they were only using one track. Really? Because it was really early in the day. Mm. But, I mean, you should still at least run two. I mean, 
it's like, why are you trying to build the lineup this early? Why don't you get a head start on it early and, you know, so it doesn't get crazy later? You right, know? right. So that was annoying because I actually, the line was really short, but because they were only running one track, I waited about 25 minutes, mm-hmm. which was ridiculous. And I mean, it's just basically exactly the same thing it was before. Um, it's fun. It's not as nice as Disneyland. Because hmm. Disneyland has more bridges and it's more foliage and it's just more themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's fun. But that's on its way out, too. That's another reason why I wanted to write it. Because they're going to redo it when they build the Tron um, coaster. And by the way, I did not see any construction at all of the Tron coaster at all. Yeah. Um, because they said they were starting it, but I didn't see any work on it at all when I went. So, but um, they're going to retheme the the cars and have them be um, electric and themed to Tron. Mm-hmm. So, did I leave out anything? Well, I one of the only other attractions I did not go on was the Astro Orbiter because I'm terrified of that. <laughs> Because it's so high up and it feels like you're gonna fall out of the jets, that I I was I just can't go on that. It's too hor- horrifying for me. So I skipped that. But did I leave anything out? I think you got everything. So I forgot to mention one thing about Peter Pan. The Disneyland version is so much better <laughs> because. They have all those fiber optic stars. Mm-hmm. They don't do that at Disney World. In fact, it was exactly the same as the last time I wrote it. They had not updated anything on that at all. And the other thing is because it's a conveyor belt loading system, where Disneyland is a is a load dispatch, load dispatch. Mm-hmm. They can't time the the things oh, because yeah, it's yeah. just constant movement. Mm-hmm. So it's like the old school dark rides where everything is just on a repeating loop and there's only one song through the whole attraction. Um, so that's very old school and not as impressive as Disneyland's version where everything is timed to when you pass it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a gorgeous attraction and I absolutely love it, but I definitely think the Disneyland version is way better. Which is saying something, because the Disney World version is still really great, too. Um, so basically, I think we talked about everything in the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to mention the parade and the fireworks. So I watched the um, Festival of Fantasy Parade, and uh, I thought it was really adorable. And the floats were great, and I love the fact they had a nice mixture of the old classic Disney stuff with the new so it was something that could appeal to all age groups the music was not my favorite I feel it was a little bland and I also noticed that some of the music was taken from other parades some of it seemed to have come from Sensational. some of it from a parade that I've heard from Disneyland Paris so it was just I don't know, not impressed with the soundtrack, but did enjoy the floats and the characters and the mixture of sights and sounds, basically. The dragon was impressive, and I 
actually got a prime spot. I got there very early and I got right in the middle, right in front of the train station, right in the center of town square, the castle straight ahead, looking down Main Street. So that's, I knew that that's, because the, they don't do the fire breathing for safety reasons in every point of the parade. Mm -hmm. But I know from watching videos that they do do it there. And they did, so I was glad I got to see the fire breathing, which was really neat. Mm -hmm. um, so overall, I give that probably an A minus. It would have gotten an A plus had it had, it had a better uh, soundtrack. But it was a really great parade. I enjoyed it. The same cannot be said for the fireworks. And I did mention this in episode 90, but I'm going to just bring it up quickly again. The problem I had with the fireworks was not the fireworks or the technology. That was all very impressive. It was the uh, movies that they chose to represent. Because the oldest movie that got represented was The Little Mermaid from 1989. Well, you know, Disney existed before 1989, and a lot of older people have more of an emotional connection with the older Disney, like Pinocchio, Snow White, Dumbo. They did show like a brief second of the Jungle Book, but if you blinked, you would have missed it. It was really a montage with other, it was more of like just a little add-on to the Lion King segment. Um, I mean, I thought the projection on the castle was really impressive, but in some cases, I thought it looked a little gaudy and a little too much. I had never seen a fireworks show that had the synchronized fireworks with the soundtrack in person because the last time I went to um, Disney, they had not developed that technology just yet. So I saw the original Fantasy of the Sky where they just kind of randomly shot off the fireworks. It wasn't really timed precisely to the music. Um, but all that being said, my biggest problem with it was when they fin they had like this big like crescendo of fireworks, and they said, and that and that concludes um, whatever the name of the what's the name of the fireworks show? I don't, happily ever after. That's what it is, and that concludes happily ever after. The announcer says. So I was in my scooter surrounded by pedestrians and I and I mean I was in a prime viewing location and I was completely surrounded with people so I knew that I had to act fast when the when the show was over or I was going to get stampeded basically. <laughs> so as soon as he said that I started to like get in my scooter and cuz I stood up during the show but my scooter was right next to me. So as soon as he said that, I was getting in my scooter, putting the keys in the ignition and getting ready to go. And then like there was like an encore to that. And that's when Tinkerbell flew. And I was not even looking and I missed half of it. And I was really bummed because that was probably the thing I wanted to see the most. And I missed it. I nearly missed the complete thing because of I think that's really bad show design and I feel like Tinkerbell should be at the beginning like she traditionally always was to set off the fireworks 
I don't really understand why they put her at the end like that. It just didn't have the right flow to it, and I nearly missed it because I thought the show had already ended. So, yeah. I give that show a C. <laughs> I mean, I was just really disappointed. And it was so crowded. And I don't know. They, I, I've been told that I would really have enjoyed ha um, Wishes. I never got to see Wishes. I probably really would have enjoyed that because that's more in my wheelhouse. Because Jiminy Cricket is the host, and they talked a lot more about the older classic Disney in that show. So, anyway, wasn't a fan of that. So that's basically Magic Kingdom. So do you want to quickly talk about the resorts? Yeah. The monorail resorts? So, um, I, on my last day... I went to the Magic Kingdom and it was like the Magic Kingdom was open from 8 till midnight that day because it was President's Day weekend. So it's like one of the busiest days of the year. So about 3 o'clock I kind of like left the kingdom and decided to take a break and just kind of check out the three monorail hotels. So I took the monorail to the contemporary and Ruth yes we we need to discuss the contemporary because we kind of dropped the ball both of us on <laughs> seeing the full contemporary so Ruth mentioned it in episode um 87 Eight? was it now I don't remember <laughs> I think it was 87 Ruthie's trip report and um, how she was disappointed and like because she couldn't eat and see the monorail go by. Well, it turns out you can, and we just didn't realize it because we were just a little confused about the layout of it. And so we had a listener send us a, uh, a response in our um, Facebook group. Ruthie, you want to read what that person said? Yeah, so this is from Scott Cueto. I think that's how you would pronounce his last name, but he's a regular listener of ours. Mm -hmm. and, and a supporter of my website, too, and my song of the day. He's really a fan of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, um, I'll just read you the comment that he left um, on our Jiminy Crickets podcast Facebook page under mm -hmm. the episode of, for my trip report, and it says... It sounds like you had a nice trip. The Contemporary does have a quick service eatery in the middle of the Grand Canyon Concourse. It's one of our favorite to eat at, the Contempo Cafe. It's sort of tucked behind the mural elevator tower and Chef Mickey's. When you sit there, you can dine as the monorail goes by. And then he provided a picture. And yeah, yeah. so that's basically we apparently neither of us were aware that there was another side to the contemporary. Well, I knew there was because I know Chef Mickey's is there, but I didn't know there was a restaurant where you could see the monorails passing. And we only got to see one half of the Mary Blair mural because we didn't go to the other side of that column where the other half of the mural is. So basically, we 
we got screwed over right. by our lack of knowledge. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's no like maps anywhere in there. And I had difficulty finding like a floor plan. Like after we found all this out, we wanted to kind of dig deeper and figure it all out. And we kind of together we figured out the layout of it just by kind of looking at different pictures and things. So basically, make sure that if you visit the contemporary, you go to the other side. Like, see, the monorail station is on the opposite side of the restaurants, and that's where you get dropped off at. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's the only section that Ruth and I visited. Right. And now they have this big Fantasia gift shop in the middle, and it's all taking up all the space. That used to be a lot more open. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the other side used to be more open too so like everything is kind of sectioned off now like you can only go to the other side if you go into a restaurant basically mm -hmm. but the thing is i would have totally eaten there had i known right because it's a quick service it's not like it was going to be a lot of money to eat there or anything and that would have been really a really awesome experience mm -hmm. so Right. Had I known, I would have done it, but I just didn't know. Right. I, I feel the same way. I would have eaten at the Contempo Cafe when we were there. It was kind yeah. of evening time, and I didn't want to go to Chef Mickey's because I did see Chef Mickey's. Chef, Chef Mickey's is overpriced. It's very expensive. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. It's not. It's really not that much that's special about it, mm -hmm. especially because you can't even see the monorail from it. Right. So who wants, I mean, I wanted to eat there for breakfast because of the, it's probably the best character breakfast, mm -hmm. but it was like $50. That's ridiculous. For a buffet. Right. Like that's... eggs and sausage and bacon. I mean, come on. That's overpriced. Right. Way overpriced. But beep beep. So. But I don't. Yeah. So. Next we, time. Next time. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> you and I will go together and we'll... We'll go to the Contempo Cafe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we'll make sure. And we'll both have a meal plan, too. Yes. <laughs> See, I had one meal plan credit left, too. And instead of eating there, I ate... When I went back to the kingdom, I ate at the um, Casey's Corner, which was still a great fun... Because yeah. the piano player was there and took a request. And I ate... The largest hot dog that ever has existed in the history of mankind, <laughs> um, which was a little embarrassing. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah. But I did enjoy what little I saw of the contemporary. Right, right. me as and well. <laughs> I can, and I can actually say that I have slept at the contemporary <laughs> because I actually sat in the little chairs in the in kind of behind where the Fantasia gift shop is and I just sat there and I fell asleep like instantly and I took like a 20 minute nap <laughs> <laughs> and part of the problem is that the chair is almost the exact same type of chair as the one I have in my apartment it's like the same dimensions the same it's, and that chair is like a sleeping pill to me anyway like every time I sit in my chair and like to like, I'll put a YouTube video on, and I'll go sit in my chair, almost like I'm watching TV, right? And I'll sit there, and, like, two minutes, and I'm completely gone to the world. <laughs> You're out. So, I mean, I have a little ottoman, too, <laughs> and they had little ottomans 
there. So it was like I was at home in my chair, <laughs> and I just completely fell asleep. And I probably needed that little nap too, because I had been at the park since 7 a.m. You know, because I did rope drop. So I mean, I needed that rest. So that was my contemporary experience. Then I went to the Polynesian. This is actually my second time because I had gone to the Polynesian on an earlier trip. I mean, during this vacation, not a trip, but an earlier day. Um, but I, I wanted to go to the, um, what do you call, Trader Sam's, but I couldn't find it the first time. Mm. It's very kind of out of the way, and it's... If you don't know that it's there, you might miss it. Right. Because it's just like a door. There's no real sign. The sign's on the door. Yeah. And it's really tucked out of the way. It is, yeah. So I asked the cast member the second time I went, and she told me how to find it, and then I found it. So the first time I didn't go there, but I did go to the little outdoor um, little, food, little snack stand outside where they do Dole Whips. Mm-hmm. And I had my first Dole Whip. By the way, the Dole Whips there are like half the size as the ones in the Magic Kingdom. That is so, true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same price. So it's like kind of a ripoff. Yeah. Just putting that out there. If you're going to get a Dole Whip, try to do it in the Magic Kingdom. You get a lot more bang for your buck. Anyway, um, it was nice to have a Dole Whip after years of not having one. That was my first of like... 20,000 Dole Whips I had while I was there because that's my very favorite night. Every time I passed by that part of Adventureland, I got a Dole Whip float. I like the float better. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like both, but the float just, I don't know, it's a little more floaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tropical. Yeah, so I just kind of like. The first time I didn't have a scooter with me, so I just kind of walked around for a few minutes and left. But when I went back on my last day, I had the scooter and I spent a little bit more time in the Polynesian. I went outside and looked at the koi fish, where you know, at the entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, and the little waterfalls there. Kind of disappointing. They took out the big waterfall area in the lobby. Um,. Kind of missed that. It was so beautiful. That's a shame they had to take that out. I don't really understand why they had to. Maybe they needed more space for people. I don't know, but it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I mean, it still is beautiful in there. Um, I went out and kind of scooted around, kind of you know the grounds a little bit, and then I did go into Trader Sam's for about 20 minutes, and I ordered a non-alcoholic drink. I didn't have to wait. They let me right in. I was in my scooter, so I just sat in my... All the seats were taken, but I just... They had, like, a lower level part of the bar. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go up to that and just kind of use my scooter as my chair. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, and I got to see, like, them do the funny things when different drinks are ordered. And the volcanoes go off. And that was really neat. I really enjoyed Trader Sam's. That was fun. I'm glad I I'm glad I took the time to go check that out. Um, then I left the Polynesian and went over to the Grand Floridian and just kind of went around on my little scooter and just drove around. The, I didn't go outside. I just kind of went around the lobby 
I mean, I've been to these places before. Yeah. And gone outside and looked at everything, so I didn't really feel the need to do that. I mean, it really hasn't changed at all since the last time I was there. Um, but I mean, it is still beautiful in there, so it's always nice to go in there. Mm -hmm. They had um, a piano player playing at the time. I saw like the little bandstand they have for the um, society. Grand Floridian Society Orchestra. That was new. That wasn't there before. They had all their instruments all set up, hmm. but the band wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But like, the, there's a little bandstand and everything, and it looked really cute. Mm -hmm. um, I felt a little out of place in there because I'm like wearing a dumpy t-shirt and shorts and a baseball cap, and I'm in my little scooter, <laughs> and everyone in there is like all swanky and. I don't know. I felt like a bum <laughs> in a in a palace, you know. Yeah, it does have that kind of vibe a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't quite feel comfortable in there because I just felt like I wasn't properly attired and I looked like, I don't know, like completely out of place in that environment. Mm -hmm. But I, I did kind of just go through, maybe spent about 15 minutes in there and then got back on the monorail and went back to the kingdom and spent the rest of the day in the kingdom. I left around 10, even though they were open till midnight, because I was flying home the next morning, so I couldn't really stay till midnight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's basically my Magic Kingdom experience on my trip. Well, we're going to talk real quick now about Disney Springs, but... Um, I just want to mention that we will continue the series and we'll talk about Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and the Hollywood Studios in future episodes coming up within this month until we've exhausted everything we have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do want to mention Disney Springs. So... I left the Magic Kingdom early one night on a Friday night thinking, you know, the Magic Kingdom is crazy. I just want to do something a little bit more low-key. So I decided to go to Disney Springs. Big mistake <laughs> as far as the timing. First of all, apparently... This is not something I realized until now, but my night vision since I was in my 20s has gone down a few grades. I have some difficulty seeing at night. The last time I really did any type of nighttime tourism was the last time I went to Disney when I was in my 20s. So it's like I really noticed a difference in my ability to be able to see things at night. Um, also, I was in my scooter. And I was in my scooter and it's almost like everyone towers three feet above you also the light on my scooter was broken so nobody could see me coming and i had just a lot of difficulty navigating because president's day weekend friday night apparently this is the place for locals to hang out and that wasn't, I mean, Pleasure Island was always that way. The last time I went, yes, Pleasure Island was still there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but the rest of the property besides the island which you had to pay to get into pleasure island so it was almost like a separate thing from the rest but now it's basically the whole place is the scene it's not just pleasure I where pleasure island was it's the entire property is completely crazy with people and I was just so I almost had an anxiety attack because it was I could not see hardly and there were so many people and everyone's taller than me because I'm in a scooter and I couldn't navigate because everyone's cutting in front of me and not paying attention to me because they can't see me because I'm three feet shorter than them mm -hmm. and it's just it was terrible and I really was really kind of freaked out by the whole thing I'm not really good in big crowds in general but this was like too much for me so while I was there I couldn't really see too much <laughs> as far as the overall layout of the place. I mean, I could see the buildings when I was right up on them, but I couldn't really get a good impression of what the whole overall layout of it was because it was dark and it was crowded. I kind of did have some takeaways. The, the restaurants and shops are very high end. There is a, a section further down where the old Disney Village Marketplace used to be, which is more geared towards kids, and it's more Disney stuff, and it's not quite so hoity-toity. But the area near and around where Pleasure Island used to be is very hoity-toity. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, the, the shops are very high-end. The restaurants are all, like, fancy, swanky restaurants. Um, I just feel like that's not Disney. That's too elitist, and I just didn't really care for that. I just felt like it was too much. It was too... It was more like Beverly... It was like Rodeo Drive. Yeah. And not like a family place. Mm -hmm. So I didn't care for that. I'm not, in, I'm not really into all that. I'm not into, I like shopping and I like stuff, but I'm not into overpriced name brands, shopping, you know, like Gucci and I, I could care less about all that. Mm -hmm. I, I just, it's not my deal. And the restaurants all seemed fun and nice. And there was like this dinosaur restaurant and the, em the old Empress Lily, which is now like a Fulton's crab house. It was nice to see that again. Because I always loved the Empress Lily. Um, but I mean, just all these fancy restaurants I could never afford to eat at. And I just, like, very crowded. And So I did go down to the Disney section. Again, crazy. Mm -hmm. That's where the Earl of Sandwich is. And everybody's raved about the Earl of Sandwich. So I had to eat there. And I did. And that was crazy, too. Yeah, it is. And then they do this thing where they give you, like, a pager. Mm -hmm. I was really confused about the whole thing. It was like, I felt like I was on another planet. Like, <laughs> can I just, like, get my food? Do I have to have a pager? It was just really bizarre. I ordered the um, Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was okay, but I, I think maybe I ordered the wrong thing because I... I don't know. I wasn't that impressed by it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was okay, but it seemed a little overly salty, and it just 
wasn't my deal. Hmm. Normally, I like a Thanksgiving. I like like a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich at home. You know, with cranberries and turkey and stuffing. Mm-hmm. I make those. I make those myself at home, and I love them. But I just, I don't know. I, I felt it was a little too mushy. Like the stuffing seemed too soggy. And I don't know. Hmm. I wasn't impressed. I think maybe had I ordered something else, I would have enjoyed it hmm. more. But it was so crowded and crazy, and I don't know. I couldn't even eat the whole thing. I had to bring bring it home with me. Yeah, it is pretty big. Yeah, so um, I went into the World of Disney store. Oh, my God. It was a madhouse. Yeah. I couldn't. I was in my scooter again, so I was just, like, trying to get around people, and it was crazy. I bought a picture frame there because I had... Um, Right next door to that is a, um, and this was the pleasurable part of the whole experience, because after World of Disney, everything past that and Earl of Sandwich was, like, really quiet. <laughs> that was, like, a quiet area, actually, kind of a respite <clears throat> from the rest. Um, so after I bought my picture frame, they have a, a photo pass store in in Disney Springs mm-hmm. and I went in there and there was like nobody in there but me and I was like oh thank god <laughs> and the cast member helped me pick out the picture I wanted from when I had my meet and greet with Mickey mm-hmm. and um, she picked it out with me and I showed her the frame and she said well I can crop it for you to fit and um, so I had to um, I left the frame and the and she's going to print out the picture and um, she said you have to go pay for it next door at the Wonderground Wonderground Gallery and then bring me your receipt and then I'll frame it for you. So I did that. So I loved that mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And it was not crowded at all. So I spent I spent like while she was framing my picture, I went in there and really enjoyed looking at the artwork and the fun t-shirts and they had these really cool kind of Disney style dresses. They had like a little dress boutique area. It was really fun. Yeah. Not that I'm in the market for a dress, but I mean, I appreciate the, you know, a nice looking dress. And you these know, are I like look- so unique that you, yeah. you know, they're so cute. Yeah. I mean, I look at it as a piece of art. Right. I'm looking at, I'm not looking at it to buy and wear it. I'm looking at it as <laughs> right, <laughs> like, you know kind of fashion art um yeah that was really nice i enjoyed that i looked i looked around i saw they had a little carousel with a in that area it was nice i wish i'd been able to see better right i mean i could see perfectly fine in the shops but i mean outside mm-hmm. and the other thing was kind of annoying about the earl of sandwich was there was no seating inside i had to eat outside and they had this annoying dj <laughs> playing really loud music with little kids Mm. and like they were playing like you know typical wedding dj music okay it was all well you know a little bit of you know club mix Mm -hmm. mixed with pop songs you know what i really love to listen to (laughs) that's sarcasm by the way (laughs) um but they had these this woman and this man who were overly like they were like 
TV show kid show host mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And they were going around with a, with microphones talking to all the little kids dancing while they were playing this music. And it was so annoying. <laughs> well, it was the only place I could sit. There was no place to sit that wasn't in the direct earshot of this terrible music. So, and this terrible woman and man being overly cheesy with the little kids. They were like, whose birthday is today? Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God. It sounds like Radio, remi- radio Disney. Exactly. And yeah. it reminds me, I, I felt like, remember that episode of The Golden Girls where Dorothy goes to this like birthday restaurant and <laughs> there's a clown. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you remember that episode? Yeah. I felt like Dorothy <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> of course, I definitely am a Dorothy, a Dorothy. If I had to, if I had to be one of the Golden Girls. But yeah. So anyway, it was just like not my thing. And then after I ate at Earl's sandwich, I was ready to get out of there. And the problem was I couldn't find my way out. I thought I was never going to escape this hell. <laughs> and I actually was going towards where the buses are and I couldn't figure out I couldn't navigate and I went all this way and then I turn and the wonder the world of Disney is there I went in a circle mm-hmm. I don't know how I did that I don't understand how that happened but I went in a circle and I was nowhere near the buses hmm. and I was just about to freak out and then this beautiful person cast member i don't mean like i mean beautiful on the inside yes um cast well i mean you mean like she's She's like your savior she came in yeah (laughs) right i i don't want to sound like i'm saying she's ugly either i'm just saying that's not what i was going she was like an angel sent from heaven yes an archangel (laughs) this cast member who was on her way home she's wearing like a chef's uniform and she was on her way out. I bumped into her and I said, oh, please help me. I can't find the bus. I got to get out of here. I'm having a panic attack. And she actually walked me to the bus station um, and visited with me and everything. So, I mean, that was super nice. And especially because she was not on the clock. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, again, some of the cast members are just... I had some negative experiences but they were far out with the cast members. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they were far outweighed with the positive yeah. and and even the going above and beyond. I mean, this is not something I experience yeah. in my everyday consumer activities in Rhode Island. Yeah, I just like if you don't if it if you don't like it, tough cookies. You know, right, right. That's basically what I deal with in my everyday life. So it was so refreshing to have, like, be treated like a king, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were, and, and really the negative experiences with the cast members was not because they weren't friendly or it was more because, well, I will say this, for example, when I was waiting to get into Rope Drop one day, there was a cast member there and I was trying to have, you know, a friendly conversation with her and, I was being kind of funny, trying to joke with her, and it's almost like she didn't get it. <laughs> like, 
hmm. she like she didn't get my sarcasm or she didn't like and I almost felt like kind of like she was being kind of mean or not friendly mm-hmm. and I don't know I was and she also said that she said something negative about something like she said I hate oh. this restaurant or something I'm like should you be saying that to a guest really right right like so I I just that wasn't really her doing anything wrong really it was just kind of like I was trying to have a friendly chat with somebody and she just didn't respond to it the way I would have liked I mean you can't really we just probably have two different mindsets we didn't connect right you know but I just you know thought she was kind of a little little standoffish but I mean I can't really complain overall I just had very positive experiences with the cast so Ruth the next time which park do you want to talk about how about Epcot sure so on our next mini unedited episode, we'll discuss Epcot. I have a lot to say about Epcot. That has changed so much since the last time I went. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, probably out of every park, that has changed the most. It changed the most. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has changed, but I mean, a lot of it has remained the same, but I mean, still it's changed the most out of every I mean, I Animal Kingdom I'd never been to before, so I can't say anything for that. But I mean, out of the three that I have been to, that one's changed the most. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that Hollywood Studios is like half of a park now. Right, it's right. Like, it's all blocked off. But we'll get into that on another mini-soap. So thanks, Ruth, for joining me. You're welcome. And um, we will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. I have listened to the cuckoo-hoo-hoo, and I've heard the rooster's cock-a-doodle-doo, with the cows and the